Welcome to Backstage with Becca B with special guest Daniel Schweitzer. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Backstage with Becca B. On this episode, this Rockford College graduate is a total triple threat. He's been in shows such as Cats, where he played Mungo Jerry, Wicked, where he was in the ensemble and understudied Bach, Newsies, where he was in the ensemble and understudied Davey, he was a vacation swing for Mean Girls, and he's currently part of the U.S. tour cast of Frozen, where he's in the ensemble and understudies both Wesselton and Olaf. Please welcome Daniel Schweitzer. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Of course. I... The Frozen posters in the back. I I just saw the girls post or one of the girls post that it was a year ago today that or a year ago tomorrow that the tour like officially stopped for over on a hiatus. Yeah, I got off of Instagram when I saw that because I was like, I can't handle this it, right now. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, so how have you been since then? How have you been dealing with this year? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I've been hanging in there. I've definitely had some perspective and some, uh, definitely some introspective moments in life, but you know, um, I have a deeper appreciation for everything that we do in theater. Yes, for sure. And I'm sure you miss performing and can't wait to get back out there, but what's it like, like being able to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel really, it's pretty close. Yeah, I definitely see a light that we hadn't seen for a while, especially with the vaccines rolling out right now. That's a huge light at the end of the tunnel. And it feels good. It definitely feels like there's a way and there's um, people are, are trying to make it happen. So that feels really good. I saw something when I woke up this morning that said that they were hoping to get Broadway shows back out on the road by fall. So... Yes, we are hoping for fall this year. That would be awesome. Yes, fingers crossed because God knows how much everyone misses theater. So, so anyways, have you always known you wanted to be a theater performer and be on stage? I didn't know for a while. Like I kind of went in and out of it. Like I, I, as a young child, I definitely was like gravitated towards it. And I was like, what is this? And I would go to shows and I would see things and I'd be like, well, I can do that. I want to do that. And then I kind of like fell out of it a little bit and I did dance more and I was like, you know, competing in dance and all of that. And then I was like, well, I always keep coming back to musical theater. And in high school, I got more involved with theater and I went and saw more productions in, in high school. And as I kept on training, like, and I was getting better, people kept on encouraging me and I really loved it. And so then I just was like, yeah, let's see how this goes. So, yeah. And I'm sure the dance experience that you were getting when you kind of like took a break from musical theater as a whole helped and helped you get cast in shows because like you need dancing for a lot of these shows. Totally. And I loved like what the ensemble was doing. I would always be attracted to that. I know a lot of people don't really pay attention to them sometimes, but I would see like the beautiful choreography on the stage and I'd be like, I want to be a part of that. And then, you know, just being able to be like, okay, now I need to sing on top of that and then be able to act, you know, as well. So yeah, it started at dance probably for me and then layered on those other elements. Well, so many of these shows would be like, would be a little more dull without the ensemble participation in the show. Like, I can't imagine, especially Newsies, which you were in, would uh -huh. be like, wait, if there were like 30 people on stage, no. <laughs> totally. And I love that the uh, ensemble gets to be like the community aspect of a show. Like, how does everybody else around those lead characters uh, feel? Kind of like the, you know, ancient Greek chorus. Yes, exactly, exactly. I have a really interesting question about ensemble tracks coming later on once I get into more of the roles you've done. <laughs> I love asking. But how did you really work on becoming, obviously dance, but how did you really work on becoming a well-rounded theater performer who could tackle anything growing up? Hmm. 
it was a long journey. So in high school, I got back into theater and I really like loved just like the theater family that was there. And then, so I decided that I was gonna go to college for musical theater, which is kind of silly when thinking back on it, but like, I really loved it and I really wanted to do it. And I decided to go to a school that wasn't dance focused because I knew that I really needed to focus on singing and acting more. And so I went to a small liberal arts school called Rockford College. And there I really honed in on my musical theater book, which is what we used to audition, putting together all different styles of musical theater songs, classical, new age, punk, all kinds of things that you would need for musical theater. And I focused more on acting and I learned different techniques like the Meisner technique and uh, prepared monologues and I really practiced auditioning. And you've been in a ton of regional shows and your resume from college, from post-college, even before you started going on tours and being in these, these shows everyone knows of is ridiculous and insane. Do you have a favorite regional show that you've done in like a moment that you realized that you can do this as a career? Yeah, I do actually. So uh, one of the my favorite regional shows I did was the Putnam County Spelling Bee. Um, I got to play Chip Tolentino and he sings this crazy song, Look It Up. It's called Chip's Lament, I won't tell you anymore. Um, but it was really fun because I, I wanted to play this role, but I was like, I don't know if anyone will cast me in this role. Like, I'm more of a dancer ensemble. I, you know, you, sometimes we limit ourselves. And then this company, they looked at me and they're like, we think you'd be really good in this role. And for them to see what I thought I could do, and then they trusted me to also bring it to life in a, a new way. Like I was trying to interpret it in the way that I thought of it as Broadway in the past way. And they're like, do your own thing, like do your own version. And when I started doing that, it was so fun, so cool. So yeah, Spelling Bee is a warm memory in my heart. I love that show. And there's a video of you singing that song on YouTube. So <laughs> for anyone watching who wants to go look up that song, maybe go look up that cover. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, it's a really fun song. And it probably it probably gave you confidence to be like, oh, well, I could I can take on leading roles as well as dance roles in the future. And since then, you've understudied a bunch of lead roles and you've been in the ensemble for a bunch of amazing shows. So you were in Cats on the on tour as Munger Jerry. What was your audition process like for that show? And did you ever expect to go on tour with them? Um, that's such an interesting story. So I got like this audition to come to New York when I was still in college to go audition for Cats. And my first reaction was, I can't afford that plane trip and that hotel and like I can't I don't know, I probably won't get it. I kept doubting myself and I'm sure everybody out there has those experience where they're like, you know, I don't know if I can do this. And something happened where um, somebody I knew was also gonna be there and I was like, well, I can do it if they're gonna do it. And so I forced myself to make it happen. I asked my teachers and they're like, yeah, go do it. Like, just have fun, you know, make sure it's a good experience. And so that's what I tried to do. And that experience was like a whole week long, me getting there on like a Monday, Tuesday, you know, showing up for the audition, waiting a long time, being in a big group of like tons of people. Then it got narrowed down, narrowed down. And I was like, oh, I'm still here. That's really cool. And I remember they were like auditioning for uh, Mistopheles and they asked to do turns and then they asked to do tumbling for Tumble Brutus. And I just was kind of like, you know, I'm just gonna, I was like, I can turn. And I, I turned, I wasn't the best turner. And then they're like, does anybody have any acrobats? I was like, I can do a front handspring. Nobody does that in the show. But like, you know, I was putting myself out there and I think they kind of saw a Mungo Jerry personality come through. And that's when I started getting the Mungo sides and I got to stay the whole week until Friday. I auditioned as one of three other people who were doing Mungo Jerry and their producers were in the room. And I was like, I think I could get this. And that was really cool. And I did, and I went on tour with that. And I feel like Cats has such interesting, difficult choreography. Did you all have to like learn any of the choreography that week during the audition process and like pick it up fast? Yes, we did. And so I actually, a uh, little 
trick of the trade, I knew that the choreography was going to be what it was. So I looked at it on the VHS and I practiced a little bit of it before I went out there. You know, the more you can prepare, the better. But yeah, we learned the ball and then I learned some of Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. And yeah, they throw it at you really fast. So if you can practice just picking up choreography fast, it's going to help you in the long run. When was the first time you saw Cats as an audience member? I saw it when I was really young. That was my first Broadway show. So it has a lot of sentimental value to me. I saw it at the Winter Garden, which was crazy. I don't know if you know this, but like the whole entire theater was turned into a junkyard. There was nothing but like just seats and then like trash everywhere. And I was mesmerized by that as a child. Oh my goodness. So it full circle, literally. Yes. And that was like your first like professional professional gig correct yes that was my first like non-equity tour like that's what i did coming out of college i did a bunch of regional things in college but that was like my biggest yeah moment like after college so little daniel is like pinching himself right now for sure for <laughs> sure do you remember where you were in your reaction when you got told that you would be going on the tour yeah, I was still at school and I think I was like in my dorm room or something and I like called my mom and then I called my best friends and we all cried and then the rest of the day I was like going around to like my teachers and I was like, thanks for letting me go. I got it. And they were like, what? My teachers are so happy for me. I was going to say, thank, thank goodness people answered the phone when you called them because I've heard so many stories about like people getting roles and like calling their friends and the, like no one answering. So they're like, well, I'll just celebrate by myself. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely celebrated with like everybody on campus that night. Oh, big party, pizza yeah. party or something. <laughs> what was it like going out on the road and like not only traveling, working on stamina and like mastering a show while going to a bunch of different cities and within months like within like three months probably it was hard it definitely wasn't easy but it was also very exciting everybody who was on that tour was kind of like the same age range we were usually uh mostly just out of college and so we you know were excited to go to the next city and we were excited to get on the bus and and it wasn't like it was like super hard like it was just exciting because it was all stuff that we really wanted to do but you know that being said, yeah, my body really hurt and I was really tired a lot of the time. And when it came to the end of tour, I was like, okay, I need a break, you know? So um, all of that happened as well. But getting to put that on your resume and getting to put like you in on tour with Cats, like Cats, the musical that everyone knows, everyone knows at least Jellicle Cats. So yeah. like, that's incredible. Thank you. What was it your was. first performance like in that show? First performance, uh, it was, I can't even remember it because I'm probably, I'm like seeing a, like a storm of hurricane because like when you first get into the show, you have to do your makeup, full cat makeup by yourself. And at the beginning, like the, like the first few months, I was no good at it. Most people at there were no good at it. Like, so you're like looking at yourself in the mirror and you don't see yourself when you're like looking at yourself in the mirror, you see this weird combodulated makeup thing on your face and then you're putting on a unitard, which People don't wear unitards every day. And so you just don't feel like yourself. And then they're like, okay, here's a microphone. Now you're sweating through that. Here's a big furry wig. Now go pretend to be a cat on stage. And it's just like this big chaotic mess. I remember like people backstage were like at different places where they had never been during rehearsals. And it was just like, you know, parts of it would just like blank your mind because you were thinking about the audience and how nervous you were. But it all came together and I remember like at the end just like wanting to be like I want to go to bed I want to go to sleep now did you get to scare people in the audience at the beginning of the show yes and that is always like a big like I don't know I don't remember it very well in my head either because every theater was so different and they kind of just be like go and I would just follow the people who were in front of me and then hope that I could find my way backstage because it's dark in a theater and you have these glasses on so you can barely see and yeah it's weird did you have any story of like someone like jumping completely out of their seat when you like were behind them because I, feel I mean like that, that stuff definitely happened it, it sure did i remember there would be moments where like uh someone just had no clue that there was somebody behind them and they would just like make a noise or scream or something 
no one told me that that was gonna happen if I sat on an aisle seat during the show when I first saw it and I was like yeah that would have been nice to know so I didn't have a full-on heart attack in the <laughs> right like, and I have to ask how do you become a cat Okay, well, they actually go through this whole process. It's called felinity. And they teach you and break it down for like an hour or two of like intricate movement of a cat. And it's kind of like improv techniques, but as a cat, like the director like threw a ball at us and we had to react as a cat would. And then they were like, okay, now pretend like, you know, this huge threat just came in the room and everyone's afraid. So it was improv as a cat. Yeah, it was really bizarre. And you were talking about the makeup too. Does that help you feel like you're a cat and help you with like the cat, like help you get into cat character during the show? For sure. Like as it went on and the months went in, I was like really proud of my strawations, which are these like little lines that you put on your face that look like tufts of fur. And you know, when they would be like really good certain nights, I'd be like, I feel like I am going to be like the fiercest, funkiest cat tonight. I'm an actual cat. I wonder what would happen if you put like a cat, like a real cat on the stage with you all, <laughs> if the cat would be like, what? Yeah, I don't think they would play along. I don't think. They'd be like, am I being mocked? <laughs> totally. Cats are, cats are characters, <laughs> so. They are, they are. And we really, you know, would have like tons of crazy cat jokes during the show and backstage. Oh, what were some of the crazy cat jokes? I don't know, we would just like send around the memes cause there's always cat memes going around the internet. Like that has not stopped to this day. And so like the pickle meme, I remember that like when we realized that cats hate pickles, like that was so bizarre. Oh my goodness, wait, what? So I'm basically a cat because I hate pickles too. Cats hate pickles. If you look cats pickles on YouTube, there's these series of people like putting pickles behind their cats and they turn around and they freak out like, they do not like the way pickles look, I think. Or I don't know, it's something weird. Look it up. I don't like the way they like smell or anything. So like maybe I'm a cat, I don't know. <laughs> could be. If you, Okay, last question about cats before I get into Newsies. If you could be any other cat in the show, who would you be and why? I mean, I definitely have like the soft spot for Mistopolis, but like everybody else, he's so magical. And, you know, it's the one cat that everybody remembers when they leave the show. I mean, I'm not a Mistopolis, but if I could be one day, I would. One day, one day, it could happen. You, you have to set your mind to it. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't say it can't happen and not try. Like it, it could happen. I agree, Becca. It's all a mindset. So next you were in Newsies. What did you know going into Newsies when you were initially cast about how popular it was? I actually did Wicked National Tour after okay. and a few regional things too. But yeah, I went into Newsies and I, I hadn't seen the show, but I did know that it was super popular. I knew that the movie had a cult following and I had seen the movie and I was definitely like into it as a male dancer I was like this is really cool and I thought like you know the fact that it was going to be a musical I was like this has Daniel Schweitzer written all over it I need to be a part of this so I actually was like I didn't get like huge auditions for that but I knocked the door down and I went to all the auditions like I didn't get agent auditions I went to the open calls and I went six times before I got cast in that show so it was definitely like a you know mindset of like I want to do this I want this so bad and I would get knocked down a peg every time I didn't get it but like then you build yourself back up and you go back in the room and it was a crazy process I remember thinking like they don't like me this isn't gonna happen and then all of a sudden you know it happened and it, they did like me they're just waiting for it to happen and you know that it had to be the right moment the right time the right track the right character all that and speaking of wicked you you were in wicked and newsies as understudying main characters you were understudying davy and newsies and understudying bach and wicked yeah. how do you, what's the process for learning not only a track and mm -hmm. choreography for the ensemble but for learning a whole other part that you're understudying. It's crazy, it really is. Um, it's kind of like, you know, you try to learn the whole show in general, because if you don't have a grasp on like the show itself, 
then you're going to be lost. Like what scene are we in? You know? So what I did was I would learn the ensemble and chorus. And that's usually how the directors approach it too. Like just learn your main track, your ensemble track. So I learned that. And then I would be put in the show. And then from there, you would start layering on the understudies. So, you know, that you had that better idea of what's going on. Oh yeah, my track would be doing this right now. So Davey's yeah. doing this right now. And then Bach, it was kind of like, Bach is a smaller role. He has a lot to do in the show, but it's it's a smaller role. And it really got to, I got to plug in those moments of like, okay, this is what Bach does in the show. So it's this big idea of what the show is and then where do I place in all these different moments. Your brain is constantly like, du like double tasking during yes. the show. And I would like be in my ensemble track and thinking, okay, I'm going on for Bach this weekend. Like I'm reviewing the show while I'm doing the show. Wow. So <laughs> since you did Wicked before, I have to ask, what was the first time going on as Bach like in the show? Because Wicked's such a huge show and it's like, I mean, so is Newsies, but Wicked is such a huge show. It's been around since 2003 and it's been going since 2003 tour and Broadway. What like, what was it like being part of that experience and being an iconic character? It was crazy, Becca. It really was um, another whirlwind moment. Yeah. I remember sweating a lot and like the Glinda backstage. I think she was playing into the fact that I was maybe like being my character a little bit backstage, but she's like, oh, you're very sweaty. And she was British. So um, she, Jen, Gina Beck, and she was like, oh, wow, you're very sweaty. You're not usually that sweaty. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, I'm kind of nervous, you know, and we I was in Pittsburgh and um, I had some friends in town, so they got to come to the show. And I remember them like just being so kind and I got to give them a backstage tour afterwards. And it was really unbelievable. Another moment that I will never forget. And I'm sure you saw Wicked before. So who was your first cast in Wicked? Do you remember like your first Glenda Alpha Fierro Bach? I don't remember exactly who they were. I had seen the production a handful of times, so I get it kind of confused in my head which one it was. I saw it in Chicago when they had the sit down there. Um, I think I saw that actually two or three times because I lived in St. Louis, which was a couple hours away. And then I also saw the Nas second national tour come through the Fox Theater a handful of times. Um, I can't remember exactly who they were though. I mean, any Wicked fan or any theater fan in person is going to see Wicked like every time it comes to their city. So like, you probably saw it a lot. How many times do you think you saw it as an audience member? Uh, probably four or five. Because once I figured out that they had a lottery and I didn't have to pay full price tickets, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. And you, I mean, you have to try for lottery. <laughs> exactly. And in St. Louis, a lot of people didn't show up. So I would go and I would be like, I'm going to Wicked again. Yeah. And the, and the people at the box office like start recognizing you. It's great. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm back. Yeah. I'm going to be the loudest audience member again. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's how I was for Frozen, <laughs> which I mean, I was working it too. So, but for Newsies, getting to step into that world, how was, what was it like learning that choreography and like Dan like like learning how to dance on newspapers and stuff because that's insane it is insane it was quite an experience I think going into it I was like yeah I can do this it's not a big deal and then like there were a lot of moments where it was like Daniel like you need to really focus Daniel this is way different than anything you've done before Daniel, you're dancing on newspapers. So let's focus on okay. the newspapers today. So there were a lot of moments of like realizations, like, holy moly, this is hard. And you have to have like strength to dance on, to dance on newspapers. Like, how do you work on that off stage? How do you work on content on like strengthening your dance off stage and strengthening your stamina off stage during a show like Newsies? Cause Newsies is a completely like different tier of a show. Yeah, and I think you're actually uh, bringing to light some of the things that a lot of people don't think about is that uh, as a performer, we have to keep up our own body and our own physical strength as well as doing eight shows a week. So that like, you know, because we want to have a normal life as well when we're on tour and doing the show, but also like give each show its all. So for me, I found that doing a really... Um, 
consistent warm up before the show would get my body in a consistent place. So if I'm doing a warm up, which I tried to do 15 minutes before every show in Newsies, and I would do a lot of strength, like core exercise, like hold planks and do like different plank routines. And then also on top of that, like I really uh, got into yoga. I think it was around that time. And so I would do like breathing exercises as I'm moving. And that is some really good stamina training because uh, I was able to save my energy for the stage and then also stretch and keep up a physical routine. And did you go on as Davy too? I did. I went on for Davy a bunch of times. Um, I went on uh, in Portland, Oregon, like four times. And that was really fun. A really, really sweet character. I heard that, I heard from Ben that Davy doesn't have much dancing Mm -mm. in the show, actually. So is it kind of a relief when you go on as Davy? You're like getting a break from all that dancing and you're like, okay, well, I can just sing and not dance. (laughs) <laughs> it was. It totally was. And then I also remember right now that he had to tap on the tables during King of New York. Yeah. And I didn't have to do that in my normal track except for like once. But I don't know. I The tables gave me anxiety because they were slippery and we had tap shoes on. And then you had to like jump on chairs while you're on the table. So I remember thinking like that part was, uh, and tap isn't my favorite. But yes, besides that, like not having to do Seize the Day. fantastic fantastic how much was your ensemble character dancing and seize the day because that's a long song that's a long scene yeah it is i was a race in the show and i um i was in the whole number i mean it was beginning to end and you know they they put you into certain parts of the number that you're really good at so um you do get breaks throughout the number but it is a long like I think seven to eight minutes long of just dance. And then there's a fight scene right after it. So it's that after that, like, I remember just guys were just dead for like the uh, intermission. We would just go backstage and like take a nap and just like not move. The plus side is you don't need to do cardio every day separate from the show. You don't need to like go to the gym and do cardio. I was in great shape during that show. It happens during the show. And I'm sure even when like you get breaks on stage with the dancing, there's choreography like backstage kind of. And you're like, okay, where am I exiting? How am I getting back on the stage? So you have to think about that choreography. Yes. And every city became some different backstage, you know, figure it out. And yeah, it was crazy. But, you know, when you're young and spriteful, it's so much fun. What did you learn from the Cats tour that really helped you with Wicked and with Newsies? To be a team player um, and to really, you know, how do I say this? To not complain, you know, a lot because like when you have those shows and those moments, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, you're touring. Yeah, it's a lot. But if you can have some perspective and realize how many people would be dying to do what you're doing, I mean, then I would think about like all the people that I saw at the auditions and that I got to be doing this, you know, and that they are still auditioning. And so there's just a lot of things like that, like just being able to have some kind of amount of gratuity of I got to do this and I'm glad I'm here, even though it's hard. Do you ever like look at your resume and like pinch yourself because of the shows that you've done thus far? And like, I'm about to talk about another show that you've added recently that's also just as huge. I do, because sometimes I forget and I'm, I feel like those are like moments of my past that I'm like, oh yeah, I lived that, oh wow, you know? And I, I have that wall up there behind me so yeah. that I can remind myself like where I've been and what I've done. and. Uh, that the hard work and time that I put in did come to fruition. Yes. And the thing I love about Newsies is that all of the ensemble characters, they have names in the show. Mm-hmm. In Wicked, did your ensemble track have a name or did you give your ensemble track a name? We're Aussians. And, you know, I remember there was a day where they were like, come up with your backstory and your Aussian gets to have like a, a job 
in their community or in their town. And I feel like mine was like a jeweler or something like that. Cause he had like these been big gems all over his costume. So I was like, I'll sell jewelry. I love that because I was talking to, in like September, I talked to John Krause and he was telling me that the ensemble in Town, they all like have names, all the workers. And I was like, that's so cool. You know, I wish they would put that in the program more for people to see. Yeah. So like, you could be like, oh, well that person is playing like this person and the, like it's not only an ensemble character, it has, the person has a name. And it really did work with Newsies because now there's this huge fandom and people have their certain ensemble member that they love, you know, they'll be like, give it out to Finch, today's a Finch day. And it, people are like, what, you know, but it's Finch, like he's a cool character. They're all really cool. And I also have to ask before I move on, before I move on to Frozen, uh -huh. is what was it like getting to film, getting to be part of the filming for Newsies at Pantages? Ooh, it was exhausting and crazy, but when we got to go like watch what we had done and seeing what we had done, it was so cool to think that we got to do that in Hollywood and that we got to have this live audience in the Pantages, which I don't know if that's ever happened like, you know, other times very much, but it was really, really awesome experience. And I'm glad that it's like captured and that it will live on forever. Yeah, I was going to say it lives on on Disney Plus forever for people who didn't get to see the show live, for people who want to see the show live or for people who went to see the show. Like I have a friend who's seen it probably like 50 times, uh, Amanda in New York. And I mean, she's watched it on Disney Plus probably just as much. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, check it out if you haven't seen it. I watched the Cats VHS growing up, so this is to me like that moment. Yes, and it'll, and I'm sure it'll help Newsies like keep getting revived, and keep coming back to like not only regional shows but hopefully Broadway again in the near future. Yeah, I see the love for it on all social media. Yes. So I have to talk about Frozen because I know you did Mean Girls for a short time. You were a vacation swing. How, yes. did, how did that happen? It was crazy, Becca. After Newsies, I had a big break in my career. And that's something that, you know, I don't think people realize is that as a performer, we get these big breaks. And, you know, I don't, I didn't work for a couple of years and I was just in New York pounding the pavements, showing up to auditions, you know, trying to have a side job so I could pay for rent in New York, which is not cheap. And then I got to this point where I felt really good with like where I was auditioning and I was auditioning left and right and left and right. And I had started booking. I booked a chorus line for that summer and I went in for Mean Girls and they were like, oh, so you already have work. And I think they looked at me a little differently this time. And I was like, yeah, I already have work. I'm going to be there this summer. And they're like, okay, well now we want to hire you. And then that same week, I think what happens at these casting de uh, departments, which for Mean Girls, Frozen, Newsies, Wicked, it's all Telsey and company. And when you get into a show, they all have conversations about you and they're all sitting at a big table and your headshot keeps popping up. And so my headshot had been popping up for Mean Girls left and right. And all of a sudden there's this spot open in Frozen. Same week that I booked Mean Girls, I booked Frozen. So I think that's what happened is that I had been really running the mill of auditions and I finally got like, really seen by the people that I needed to be seen by. Oh my goodness. So Mean Girls and Frozen happened very close together for you then. They did. Yeah, I had known. I was already in auditions for Frozen when I got the Mean Girls call. And then I went and started rehearsals for Mean Girls. And I went back for my final call back in Frozen. And then the next week I told Mean Girls, hey, I'm not going to be here very long. It was crazy. So you were basically learning a role, knowing you weren't going to be there very long and knowing you were about to start rehearsals for another show. So like that pressure must be insane. It was really insane, but I also had been, you know, pounding the pavements for so long that I was like, just so grateful for it. I was like, this came to fruition. It's happening right now. And Mean Girls was always temporary. The, the spot that I had taken for that summer was because of an injury of a performer. So I was just there temporarily. And that happens too in this business. You know, we get hurt and we have to be like, I'm out, you know, I got to take a break. And so I got to help the show in that time, which felt really good to just be there and 
I was a big fan of the show. I had a lot of friends in the show. And I mean, it's Mean Girls, Tina Fey, who's not a big fan of it. And it was hilarious. So it was really cool to just be a part of it a little bit. Yeah, get being able to save the day. Yeah. That's amazing. So Frozen, what was your reaction when you got Frozen? And you were going to be starting a tour from the ground up. Like it, it was on Broadway, but rehearsal with the cast from the ground up is I'm sure completely different. Yeah, and this was actually my first time doing that. I had always been a replacement in the shows um, and I had always just stepped in. And so to be a part of it and the creative team was gonna make some big changes. So they were in the room a lot. That was really awesome to be a part of like the camaraderie of uh, the first steps of a show. And I had taken a lot with me already being in a Disney show with Newsies, like the family energy of that, the being a theater person was so prevalent at Newsies that I really wanted to bring it to Frozen, you know? So we had the day where we all dressed in blue and, um, we, you know, would go to restaurants after rehearsal and, I just really wanted to make sure that like we all knew that we were there to support each other through this really long journey. And here we are, you know, we needed that, so. How do you think that that helped developing the family feel? How do you think that that helped the show going forth and going to, I can't say the name of where you went at first. It starts with an S. Schenectady. That, how, how do you think that helped? you all with the first time you got on stage and performed for an audience to have that chemistry and to have that bond as a cast yeah um I think it helped a lot because you know we have four little girls who play Anna and Elsa and I think for them it can probably be so nerve-wracking to think I have to go out on a stage and perform for thousands of people with these amazing professional you know grown adults and so when we got to just be with them and be like, hey, you know, you're a part of this, you're a part of this camaraderie, um, you know, they got to have some more reassurance in themselves. Like, yeah, I can do this. I've been in rehearsals, you know, they support me and I, I feel that bond with everybody. But Becca, what about you? Like, did you see it come through on stage? I mean, definitely. You can see like the closeness with the cast. And I feel like that, that like, I feel like that helps as an audience member to get into the show when you see the cast has real chemistry. Totally. And I think you see it like so much with the Carolines, um, you know, that they like definitely developed a very tight knit, you know, um, relationship. And then we all grew it from there, but you know, things happen backstage and it's like, it's not like every day is amazing and beautiful, but you know, if we can at least support each other and know that we've got each other's backs, like that will go a long way. And I feel like you you mentioned the kids and you do see it with the kids on stage that the cast is like so close as a whole. And I feel like that makes the kids feel even more comfortable. Like they're professionals and they're fantastic. But as a kid stepping into that and stepping into like a first national tour, or maybe second national tour for some of them, like that's a big deal for kids that young. And they're all pros because they're watching other people who are amazing be pros on stage with them. Yeah, I thank you for saying that. Cause I think there's a part of, you know, at least for me, I wanna be a, a leader and I wanna have like role model capabilities so that they can have really awesome careers and lives as well, because um, it can be hard doing what we do and it can be uh, that pounding on the pavement can really get to you. But if you have the support and, the, the know-how and the background to do it, then it can be really rewarding. And also you're, you're an understudy for Weston and for Olaf. Yes. And Did you yes. go in auditioning for the understudy for both those characters or was that later? I think I did. I, I remember getting the Olaf sides. My agent had already known that I was uh, right for Olaf because I had gone in for Disneyland Olaf, for Disney Cruise Line Olaf. And, you know, I'm glad that those didn't come through because I got to do the national tour and, um, and I had already like really focused on auditioning as Olaf. So when I got it, I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. And then to like, 
be able to say that I can also do Wesselton, which I think you got to see it, which was a big deal for me because I'd always played these younger characters and Wesselton's not a young character. And so to be able to play like an adult character is really cool for me now stepping into, you know, more of an adult time in my life to be able to play these older roles. And obviously Olaf is a, is a fan favorite. But Wesselton, like playing Wesselton, he's such like a quirky, different kind of character. How did you go about becoming him and like show, like go about acting as Wesselton? I came up with a few um, different characteristics that I um, have in myself, but that I, you know, usually they're smaller. And I came up with a few like postures that I thought of him as and I implemented them. So, you know, he holds his hand kind of like a rich, spoiled person. And he, you know, is a little loud and boisterous and opinionated. So that's how I delved into my Wesselton. And there's, you know, parts of it that are quirky and that you can still fall in love with and laugh with about Wesselton. So yeah, that's how I did it. And I also want to point out that you're like, as an understudy, you're constantly studying other people playing the roles. How do you can you tell people how you study that, like as the tour is happening? So Jeremy Morris played our Wesselton and he's fantastic. Um, and he's such an awesome performer backstage too. Like uh, talk about camaraderie, talk about support. And he, um, he was like, hey, if you ever have any questions, like let me know. And I would, I would just be like, hey man, I got a quick question. And he wasn't that type of performer that was like, this is my role. like don't even touch it. He was just so helpful. And and same for F. Michael Haney and Olaf. They both were so helpful anytime I would have a question. Um, but I would definitely be on stage like dancing with my partners and be like, what's happening with Wesselton? Where is he standing? Okay, back to my show. Yeah. <laughs> back to my drag right now. Yes. So Olaf, Olaf is a fan favorite, especially with the kids. Yeah. And God knows he gets so much applause whenever he comes on stage. You got to step into Olaf how many times now? Uh, I didn't get to do it on stage, actually. I just did it in rehearsals, oh, yeah. Okay, I thought you did it like once in LA. <laughs> I know, no, I posted a picture on Instagram and those are from rehearsals. Ah, well, what are you most excited about when you step into Olaf? Oh my gosh, just to be able to like bring Olaf as Daniel to life because I definitely have like that optimistic view of the world. And I know people might like laugh at Olaf and I'm laughing with them, but he just has this way of seeing the good in everything. And I love that about Olaf. And that's like where I lead my Olaf is that like Anna and Elsa need to be together and they need to figure this out. And so uh, whatever comes to top of mind, I kind of just let happen. And, you know, the puppetry is super hard and difficult, but I try to let it be like secondary to the character work and the acting and uh, bringing Olaf to life. And what do you think it is about the puppetry that like, makes like still makes it real for the kids watching the show like they see they obviously see a person behind Olaf doing the puppetry but like it doesn't ruin like any magical aspect of Olaf for them what do you like why do you think that is you bring up a really good point because I think as adults you know you see him go on stage and you're like okay that's a puppet but then right away you get taken away to this really funny reaction like the way f talks and the way f moves like it's all in one with the puppet so you're like okay fine yeah he's olaf because f is also this amazing personality um f michael haney is the actor's name who plays olaf on an every night basis on the tour and he just has this light that shines through the puppet i will also say that it's probably how amazing the puppet is designed that it's this beautiful connection of like separate pieces that all move together and they move so fluidly and the puppet um, works so well in that way that like people just are like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the fact that it's a puppet and I'll just enjoy the show. Well, and I can't wait for people to get to see your version of Olaf and I can't wait to personally hopefully see your version of Olaf when that happens. Thank Fingers you. crossed soon when tour resumes. But what's your favorite, going back into ensemble for Frozen, what's your favorite ensemble scene to be a part of in Frozen? Hmm. I really love the opening. I think the way that they designed the opening and I think like 
a good opening in a show is a good sign that like, oh, we're in for a good ride. So I always like really try to focus in on the opening because if you can grab the audience in the first five minutes, you've got them the whole night. Um, and I think the opening, the way that the directors and choreographers designed it, like it focuses on the story of two sisters and how much they love each other and how fun their lives are to be princesses. And like right away, you're like, yeah, let's let's do this. It's so stunning, right? When the right when the curtains open, like you're just like, okay, I'm in Arendelle. Yes. As an audience member. And there's so much magic happening left and right. You don't want to miss anything. So you're really plugged in. And the girls, like speaking of the young girls, like they're doing they're already bringing the show to life during that first scene with the with everyone in the ensemble and like it's just it's magical it's magical yeah and you don't want to miss it and i think you know that was a risk putting the show on two little girls hands but it paid off because you are so mesmerized by two young sisters who really truly believe that they have magic and that you know that there's beauty and light in life and it's so fun to be a part of We'll have that energy on stage two. Yes. yes. So what was your favorite part of getting to be in the ensemble of Frozen? What was your favorite Frozen ensemble costume, I have to ask? Ooh, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. I think the Huga costume's always so fun because we're basically butt naked. <laughs> That's the funniest scene. Um, I also really like the cape that I wear when I hold um, the scepter um, and the crown uh, and the, I, I hold this and I have to wear this really crazy outfit. <laughs> what, wait, what do you think is like the funniest scene that the ensemble is in? Because I feel like there's a lot of like really good scenes where the ensemble is like behind and you're like paying attention to the ensemble, even though like someone else is even though like Elsa may be talking, you're like, what is the ensemble doing right now? Because it's so interesting. I think Huga for sure. There's a lot of inside jokes that are happening, but my favorite like ensemble moment, I'm not a part of it, but it's when the ensemble um, are at the ball and they see the princess kissing Hans and they all are like, okay, yeah, we're kissing now. And they all start kissing. I was gonna say, I miss that so much and watching what everyone does during that scene. It's so good. It's so funny. And I feel like people come with like, they come up with new things to do every night. So it's like, it's never the same. Yeah. What's it like bringing a show like Frozen alive for not only kids, but for people of all ages who love the movie, who have been, when did the movie first come out? Like a while ago now, it's been, it's been so popular since it came out. And to get to bring those characters from the movie on stage, like how surreal is that? It's super surreal. I think the movie came out 2014 or 15, somewhere around there. And I remember just falling in love with the movie right away. I really connected with Elsa and her story of being different and not really knowing how to like love herself, but having these crazy magical powers that everybody loves. And she's so fierce, like, you know, like how could she not see that? And so to be able to bring that story to life every night and to be able to, you know, the people that come to see the show, they all take different parts of it. Some take the Disney part and they're like, yeah, it's magical, it's amazing. Some take the new story that it's a, a new kind of love story. It's not the traditional love story. And some really uh, stick to, you know, I don't know, the performance part and how good the music is because the music in Frozen is amazing. There's so many different elements. So what everybody has a different take and I loved seeing that too. So, um, cause for me, it's about that connection. It's about the family connection, about community connection. What about you, Becca? What is one of the things that you really take away from it? It's that it's not just a kid show. It's for, it's for all ages. Yeah. And no matter if you're a three-year-old watching their first Broadway show or watching their first show in general, or an adult who's watching their hundredth show, it's still just as magical. And it's like, I want to see this over and over again, you know? Yeah, totally. Cause I think when adults go, they get to like remind themselves of like the kids they used to be. Yes. Or the kids that they still are inside. Yeah. It's like, and even when you like walk through the lobby, you like see all the merch and you're like, 
I want that stuffed animal. (laughs) (laughs) So why do you think that kids and adults should come see the show when it comes, when the show resumes on tour? Um, Because they're going to be entertained and um, everybody has a favorite song from Frozen. I mean, Let It Go is most people's and that number is spectacular we haven't even talked about that number but i mean there's so many numbers and songs so there's something in it for everybody uh you know dads love the olaf and i don't know like any kind of musical theater performer would be mesmerized by the different ways that we use uh theater in our show and you mentioned let it you mentioned let it go and obviously let it go is an incredible song but also if people don't know who haven't seen frozen live on stage yet there's so many added songs during the show. What's your favorite added song that's in the show? We got a, this special duet that's in the second act and um, I Will Never Leave You. And it's amazing, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, so good. And you got to watch the rehearsal process for that happen probably. I did, it was so fun to be a part of and see them bring it to life. and. Um, in their own way because it had never been done before. And so, yeah, there's all these new songs that they don't have in the movie that are just for Broadway and it gets to bring the story to life even more. And you get to, I feel like as Wesselton, you're like kind of on stage, right? As Let It Go is starting. Do you have, does that like gives you chills to like be like part of that beginning of that scene? Yes, it's so cool to see like, the curtains drop and there's all this really crazy stuff that's happening backstage to set up for that number and like their energy definitely builds and the music's getting louder and it's just like yeah i usually get goosebumps on a nightly basis <laughs> yes did you get any crazy reactions during any wesselton lines that you remember um i did um the first introduction scene that i remember being a part of where it, like Wesselton gets introduced to Anna. I remember getting a few laughs because like, he's just so absurd. Like the yeah. things that he's saying to Princess Anna, people are like, what? Why is he talking like that? Where is he from? He has no shame. None. None, none at all. He's like, what am I? He's like, I'm acting like a normal person, so. Yeah, exactly. Like, Kiss my ring, hello. You're like, what? <laughs> What's he doing? And how do you like how do you not break character when the girls are reacting to you? Uh funny story, a lot of people do break a lot, but we have these little ways of like, you know, holding it in or like turning our head or something so that the audience doesn't see it. But you know, after you're there for a while, you kind of know when the punchline's coming. So you're like, okay, prepare for the funny part. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so you've been on a lot in a lot of really great shows as I mentioned multiple times what is your dream show and role to be in oh thank you for asking I would love to be um the EMC in Cabaret and I would also love to play Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors like two different types of characters but yeah you know there's still big goals out there oh my goodness yes can we manifest Little Shop of Horrors for sure yes I'm gonna need I'm gonna need that to happen (laughs) Please, please. If you could revive any Broadway show, what would it be and why? Oh my gosh. I've actually thought about this a little bit. Um, I would love to see Legally Blonde done in a whole different way. And like, you know, maybe a little bit more like the movie or even to put like a different kind of person of color in the lead role, because I think that that would really bring it to life in a new way. Like anybody can have blonde hair, not just white people. And um, anybody can be looked at like they're different and that they're dumb because they're blonde, but we all have these different like aspects of us. So I think people think of Legally Blonde and think how silly, but that show has a lot of heart to it. It's iconic. And I mean, I don't think that it's silly. I think that I think that it's a genius show and I think that it should be done more. Totally. I think I didn't get to see it live on Broadway, but I would love to see it come back to Broadway so I could see it on Broadway. For sure. So what is the funniest thing that's ever happened to you on stage that maybe wasn't funny at the time, but you can laugh about it now? <laughs> hmm. Um, I have funny story from um, Wicked where um, Madame Morrible like 
totally missed an entrance and she um so the wizard's on stage and he's like and here comes the grimmery madam morrible and cricket madam morrible <laughs> cricket she's not there you hear on the microphone because her microphone is cued in so it's just going to be on when it's supposed to be on oh come in your osness and she's like running backstage with her dress halfway on. Her dresser's trying to zip up her back of her dress. I'm coming, I'll be right there. And then she runs on stage and she's all disheveled. And I think she didn't have her costume zipped all the way up. One of the girls, the uh, Glinda or Alphabet had to zip up her costume. And I won't say her name because, you know, I don't want to shame her, but it was hilarious uh, looking back on. I feel like that's a total memorable thing though. Like it doesn't really take away from the character. It kind of like adds to the character. Totally. She was like, oh, I was just doing something. I was a little busy. I'm so sorry about that. It, to it totally fits. Like you can, you can make it fit. Totally. Have, have you like had a moment like that where you like have to like work out quickly, like what to do in that moment and like how to get the show back on track in that moment? Because I feel like that's difficult. Totally. Yeah, it happens a lot. Like in Newsies, the newspapers, those things never, I mean, they worked out most of the time, but a lot of the times you'd be like, I'm supposed to have a newspaper in my hand and it just flew out of my hand or it ripped or something like that, you know? So you just go on and you're like, you know what, here's an extra newspaper or you're like looking at somebody like, can I have yours? And, you know, do a little sign language or, or you just, you know, make it look like you've got a newspaper and no one's paying attention and hope that it goes well. So yeah, things like that happen all the time in theater. And that's what makes live theater special is that it's different every night you see the show, depending on so many things. Mm -hmm, for sure. Depending on like the audience, depending on the cast that night, just everything as a whole is different. Exactly. How do you work on self-confidence in such a tough industry where like you're going in for auditions and you're getting told no in some of these auditions. Like you're getting told yes, but like also in auditions, you get told no a lot. And it's, I'm sure it doesn't make it easier to get the yeses. Yeah, I think that's a good point to bring up. Every time that you see someone who has a yes, like know that they've also had like 10 no's for every yes. So um, that's a huge part of what we do. Everybody does it different. For me, um, it's about separating a part of my life. like theater is my profession and it's what I do, but I also have all these other aspects about me. Like I love yoga. I love being outside. I love being in nature. I love friends and family. So to have those other parts of me so that like when that is a no, it doesn't crush my whole world that I have these other things to go. Um, I, you know, I have so much confidence in these things and also to be able to separate and step away and be like, you know what, this is going to be some good yoga time and I'm going to go practice. And, and yoga is really good about um, affirming and inspiring. So, yeah. Are you a believer that like everything happens at like when it's supposed to happen and everything falls into place like at the right time? I am like mostly for sure that I think things happen the way they're supposed to. But, you know, then thinking about the pandemic, it's like, how do you rationalize that? So, um, you know, it's definitely to a, a degree. Yeah, it's like we learn life lessons depending on different things, even like these hardships in this past hard year that we've been going through as a whole society. Yes, and we're all here together, so it's kind of bizarre. Yes, it's it's very weird. I feel like normally like when you're taking a break from like something you love, like you're doing it maybe alone, but everyone's doing it at the same time right now. Yep. What have you been... Have you been working on anything in quarantine, whether it's singing related or not, that you'd want to talk about or share? I've gotten into teaching lately. So I just was um, a teacher for children's theater camp online. And I also will do like workshops here and there. And um, because I do, like I really love inspiring the next generation of performers. And I love like, giving the knowledge that I have down. Um, I'm not a person who's like, I'm not gonna tell you my secrets. Like I love sharing the things that I've learned. I love that. And you get to watch the students that you teach become the stars of tomorrow. Yeah, totally. And like, even if they're not stars of tomorrow, just to like inspire them and to give them a little bit more hope and perspective. Yes, and give them like confidence to tackle anything in the world and to yeah. go out and audition for these huge roles 
or to go out and maybe maybe they're shy kids and maybe like get the courage to like talk to people in person at their school. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure that acting and that that theater helps them with that. It does. It does. So what are you most looking forward to when live theater returns? Um, I'm most looking forward to being able to have that connection with the audience again and with my cast again and to find that um, deep sense of gratitude for it, you know, and to really, you know, I've, I've always been grateful for it, but now I have this like newfound gratitude, like, you know, that it could, it can be taken away and it, it's not an always thing. So that when I do get the crazy opportunities, like being in these shows um, that I'm really going to take advantage of how amazing it is and to really live in that perspective. It's, it's going to be so special when theater comes back. Everyone's going to be crying at the same time simultaneously, <laughs> whether they're on stage or in the audience. Totally. And I'll be like, I'm not crying. No, no, no. I'm not yeah. crying. These are allergies. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much in the air outside. Yes. Where can people keep up with you on social media? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Danyo Schweitzer, D-A-N-Y-O Schweitzer. I'm on YouTube um, and I have a Facebook page. So yeah. Woo, and I'll post all the links in the description. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on and joining me on this. I was so excited to have you on. Thanks for having me. Of course. I was so, un studying your resume, I was like, oh my gosh, he's done it all. <laughs> and I got to know you in LA at the Pantages, so it's been a full circle mo moment. Right? Well, this has been a blast, and I'm glad that you came on and shared your theater story on here. Thanks, Becca. Thanks for watching this episode of Backstage with Becca B. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca B Talks TV. Or for more exclusive content from this interview and more, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Backstage with Becca B. Make sure to subscribe to my channel and like this video. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a five-star rating. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye!